Hello everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of the EMF Podcast. I'm your host, Ron King, with the Boo Boys Paranormal Research Team. Now, for those of you who are tech-savvy, or into the paranormal, EMF actually does not stand for electromagnetic fields in this case. This podcast is all about encounters and mysterious finds, basically meaning cryptids, aliens, ghosts, and other strange or unexplained phenomena. The goal is to interview people from all walks of life who have had encounters with the supernatural. In this episode, we are going to be hearing an interview with someone that I know personally, who told me a really interesting story about an encounter with a spirit. Honestly, I would have never expected to hear something like this from him, and same goes for other people who know him. He first told me about this during a morale event at work, and as soon as I heard it, I was absolutely intrigued and I knew that I needed to share it. He has requested to keep his identity hidden, and he decided to use an alias during this interview. In his story, he talks about an experience that he had while visiting North Brother Island, located in New York. The island currently serves as a bird sanctuary, but was at one time a quarantine zone for those with infectious diseases. Now, I'm not going to talk too much about the island, just because Nick is going to be discussing it during our interview. But with its history, it's absolutely the kind of place that one would expect to be haunted. You're listening to the EMF Podcast, Episode 1, Ghosts of North Brother Island, and I hope that you enjoy. Alright, well... You told me a very interesting story the last time we went to Pins. Um, yeah. It actually stuck out to me. I remembered it pretty well. I always thought if I was going to do something like this, I'd want to start with yours. Okay. So, okay. why don't you, uh, well, let's uh, let's just start an introduction here. Like, uh... All right. Uh, my name's Nick. Um, I've uh, been, lived in multiple different places. Um, I'm not going to specify my job and stuff like that but uh, uh, one of the places I was living at was out in New York City and uh, had the opportunity to explore uh, some of the surrounding area there and one of the places that kind of piqued our interest was uh, um, an island up in the northern part of the East River and it was called North Brothers Island um, the job that I had at the time had me out on the water uh, driving some boats and stuff, but uh, so we, we would see it regularly as we were going past, and a uh, bunch of old buildings and stuff like that, you know, and we always kind of wondered what it was. <coughs> Excuse me. No worries. And uh, always kind of wondered what it was, and um, did a little research on it, and found out that uh, that island was, um, was a quarantine island back uh, when typhoid was very prevalent in, in the United States. A lot of the Irish immigrants uh, coming over were carriers of it and stuff like that, and it was spreading all around the New York area. And uh, it housed uh, um, a lady by Mary, what was her name, Mary, Mary Malone? Typhoid Mary. Yeah, Typhoid Mary, right? And uh, you can Google it. 
but uh, she was a French, or sorry, an uh, Irish, uh, Irish cook who would cook for all these families and stuff like that around the New York area, and she would be present in the household for a few weeks at a time and stuff like that, and the family would get sick and uh, contract typhoid fever, and she would move on to a different family, and that family would get sick. I think there's only like uh, five confirmed confirmed deaths attributed to her, her bouncing around, but because she wouldn't ever really uh, um, say exactly where she was and, and right. who she cooked for and stuff like that, they said it could be up to 50 people. Um, could be. So she just didn't tell people about her condition? It was well, she was a... She was a, uh, a carrier? She was asymptomatic, yeah, she was a carrier. And so she never exhibited any signs or symptoms or anything like that, so she never thought... And at that point in time, medicine was still pretty young in the United States, so um, nobody ever really heard of a carrier. You right. Know? And so she's like, well, I'm not sick. It's not me. And they kept, the state of New York kept trying to quarantine her on uh, North Brothers Island, and she wasn't making any money, and she wanted to go cook again and make money. So she would leave and, and infected more families and more families. Anyways, uh, she ended up getting quarantined back on the island once they determined that she was a carrier, an asymptomatic carrier, and uh, where she lived out like the remainder of her days. So, do you know if anybody else lived on the island as well? Any other people quarantined? Yeah, there was a big quarantine station there. Um, there they have a hospital, a school. There was a hospital on, on their uh, uh, crematorium, um, school, apartment buildings, and stuff like that. Wow. Uh, her house... Her house is actually collapsed now um, from where it was originally located. It's all fallen to pieces. But, yeah, and so there was that going on with that island. And then there was also, uh, um, it was uh, considered the worst what was it, worst maritime disaster outside of the Titanic. There was a uh, uh, steam steamship. Is it uh, the Princess Sophia we're talking about? No, it was, the, okay. it was called the General Slocum. Okay. Um, the General Slocum was a steamship that operated in New York Harbor, and uh, it was kind of a ferry. All right. <coughs> and it was ferrying, that day it was ferrying uh, like 1,300 or 1,400 people um, oh, wow. to a picnic site. And they were part of this church group. They are going to this picnic site, and uh, the ship caught fire. The captain grounded it on North Brothers Island, um, but I think 1,100 people of the 1,300 died uh, between the fire, and then at that time uh, it was found that the like the life jackets on board were uh, 13 years old and they'd been sitting out in the sun, so all the cork material had deteriorated. People were jumping in the water, like all, all these women were putting life jackets on their children and throwing them over the side of the boat. Just to watch them sink, you know, the life jackets weren't doing anything. So, uh, yeah, it was around 1,100 people died um, for that, and all the bodies were washing up onto North Brothers Island. So there's some some tragic history behind the place. And uh, so curiosity, you know, peaked. Our interest in it, and uh, it is a, a registered bird sanctuary, so, you know, legally whether we were allowed to be there or not. Uh, I'm not sure of that. but uh, Neither confirmed nor denied. Yeah, neither confirmed <laughs> nor denied. But 
anyways, curiosity peaked, and so we, we decided to go explore the island a little bit. <coughs> and uh, I'd, I've been on there on a few occasions. Um, and I had uh, other friends that, that from that area that had been on the island before, too. And they would always come back with, you know, stories of, oh, we heard voices, and we... We saw something here. We we saw something there, and uh, all the times that I'd been on there, I nothing happened for me, you know. And uh, so it was kind of frustrating, you know, hearing all the stories and stuff. And how many times did you go? I would probably say probably about fifteen times. Wow. <coughs> I'd say about fifteen <laughs> times. You know, it, it wasn't for very extended periods of time. Sometimes right. it was only for you know thirty minutes to an hour. Um, other times would be a little bit longer. Was it typically earlier in the day or later? Um, well, just to try to make it interesting, we would tend to go at night. So we would try to go at night, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we just bring our flashlights with us and walk around a little bit. You know, some of the buildings there, um, are old, uh, and, and pretty decrepit. So we wouldn't venture into those, you know, uh, structurally stable. They, they weren't, um... But so I was I was getting ready to leave that job and go to a different one, and uh, it was going to take me out of <coughs> the New York area. And so I wanted to go one last time, uh, just to kind of you know one last shot at it, you know, to see if I could see anything, hear anything. I've always kind of believed in this stuff. So uh, me and a group of friends went out and coworkers <coughs> went out and we went onto the island and uh, went to the hospital. And that's where most of the people that I'd talked to previously had, had heard things and seen things was in the hospital. Right. And uh, we went into the hospital, and, and the first floor and the second floor were pretty ordinary hospital um, items, you know. The, the doors were normal, um, just normal windows that you could look out of. And then you had the third story and the fourth story. And for some reason up there, a lot of the the doors have, uh, it's like a regular door, but it has like a, a steel plating on either side of it, you know, and then they have small slits in the door where you can look through and into the room. Um, a lot of the windows are barred in and fenced in. I guess maybe for more violent people? Or? Potentially for more violent people, uh, people that are potentially like self-harm, you know, looking to... You know, a lot of them were quarantined with typhoid, uh, whether they wanted to end it. (coughs) So I assumed, you know, uh, without knowing the history of the place and actual, what the reasoning was, that's what we assumed it was. Um, But up there, you know, time has has taken its toll on that building, and all those doors up there are very heavy, uh, difficult to move, you know, to, to get into a room. We would need to have two people on a door to try to open and close and everything so rusted in place and, and uh, wow. so seized up. On top of the doors being really heavy themselves, the hinges just get stuck from exactly. all the corrosion. And yep, yep. And uh, so we were walking around the hospital and going to the different areas and stuff and, and one of the people that I was with, uh, he was very much into the, the ghost hunting um, things and so he was 
asking lots of questions. Um, I'd brought my personal camera with me. And I was just taking some video and some photos as we were walking around. And he was doing a lot of the, the ghost hunter tactics, asking questions and seeing if we got any responses. And it was getting towards the end of the night, and uh, we hadn't heard anything. You know, no, nothing was happening. And we were on the fourth floor. And uh, and just to provide some context as well, I had two people with me that were complete non-believers. Right? Did not believe in ghosts. Don't. Nothing like that. I mean, to the point of, uh, we were down in the basement of this place, and uh, one of the people I was with were were so comfortable in doing it that they were laying on the old morgue slabs. You know, oh, down in, down in the basement. You know, no no fear or concern um, to agitate anything. But uh, so we're back up on the fourth floor, and um, I'm standing in the. We all kind of regroup in the the center hallway. So the way the hospital was set up is you had like the main atrium, and then it had two wings that goes off on either side. Right. <clears throat> so we're in the main atrium, and. Uh, just out of frustration, I'm, I'm kind of talking to myself, and I'm like, man, I'm like, out of all the times that I've been here, nothing's ever happened. I was like, why is, why is nothing ever happened for me here? And no sooner than I say that, uh, the, the person who was asking a lot of like the, the uh, ghost hunting type questions, right. he was like, I, he's like, I think I hear something down that hallway. He's like, I thought I heard voices, and uh, so. I stepped to the, the, the door frame that leads into that wing of the hospital and uh, I snap a, a photograph. And I was a little far back from the door frame, so the photo I took, the flash went off and a lot of light re refracted off of the, the frame itself and kind of made the picture look a little weird. So I stepped through the door frame and went to take a second photo and as I went to do that, uh, there was an open door on my left-hand side <coughs> into one of the rooms. And right as I went to take that photo, it felt and sounded like something just stomped on the ground right next to where I was standing. And without even, you know, you get that, that surge of adrenaline. The you fight know. or flight. Yeah, that, that, that fight or flight mode. And um, I was standing flat-footed, you know, with my feet shoulder width apart and uh, all of a sudden before I even knew what happened I had jumped back probably about a, a <laughs> clear eight feet backwards you know without even realizing what I was doing and landed and just kind of like stayed still and the whole group that was with me <coughs> all jumped at the same time you know like and, and were looking in the direction where that stomp came from and uh I turned around and looked at him, you know, and I was like, did you guys hear that? And everyone's like, yeah, we heard that. And uh, as soon as everyone kind of, you know, gathered in the center of the room looking towards that direction, um, all around us, doors started to, like, slam. <clears throat> and we couldn't visibly see any of the doors, but all you heard up and down the hallways on both sides of us were just doors, just bang, 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 you know, and this went on for probably, I'd say, uh, I mean, it felt like forever, but I would say maybe 15 to 20 seconds, you know, um, just up and down both hallways, multiple doors, 
and the whole group I was with, we'd all just huddled into the center of the atrium, and everyone had their backs to each other, and flashlights out, you know, and just kind of like lights were going everywhere, and uh, trying to figure out what the source of this was and what was going on. <coughs> and finally, uh, so after like you know the first that twenty seconds of door slamming, you know, it went dead silent. It went dead silent, and everyone kind of started to spread out a little bit. And uh, and I'm standing there, and I'm looking down the, the hallway where that foot stomp originated from and trying to see if I could see any doors moving or anything like that. And I turn around, and um, one of the, the members I was with, the guy who was laying on the, the morgue slab, right, one of the non-believers. Right. <coughs> He's standing with his uh, back to the wall. And uh, so I, I call him by his name. And I'm like, hey, Mike, uh, what are you doing over there? Because he separated himself from the group, you know, and he's the right. only one, and he's got his back to the back to the wall. I'm like, Mike, what are you doing over there? He's like, he's like, he's like, I keep hearing voices behind me. He's like, every no matter where I'm standing, he's like, I'm hearing voices behind me. He's like, I know if I got my back to the wall, there can't be anything behind me, you know. Right. <clears throat> so uh, we we stayed up there for about another three to four minutes. Um, one thing that I forgot to mention is that uh, right after I heard that stomp of the foot, right, I switched my camera over to video mode, hit the video button on my camera. I had a full battery. I hit right. the video button on my camera. It recorded for like two seconds. Then the battery died. Uh, That's crazy. Yeah, battery shut off. So I have two seconds of video right before the door starts slamming. Battery dies. Um doors go crazy everything like that and, and everything I just said happened and then it goes quiet again um, so we stood there for about another five minutes waiting to see if we could hear anything else see anything else uh, nothing else happened and it was getting late at that point um, so we decided that it was time to leave and as we're walking back down the stairs and, I, and I'd been talking to all the people that I was with I was like I had a full charge on this battery <coughs> I had a full charge on this battery. I'm like, it died on me, and I was talking about it, and I, I start messing with the camera again, flip it over to picture, and then back to video again, and uh, power it on, and I have full battery again. Um, and then I took a video directly after, after we walked down from that fourth floor, and I took a video, and I'm recording everybody walking out, and I even say it in that. I was like, you know, I hit the record button right before this. The battery just went completely dead on me, you know? And everyone's there with us. Um, and those, we ended up leaving the island, and that was the last time I was on there. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't talk to too many people after that that ended up going back. Um, I was one of the few people that, that would go to that island, and I took a lot of people with me. Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just based off of the, the tragic past of that place. You know, it's hard to imagine that there's not something there, you know? Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, and those those two those two people were, that I, w I was with that were non-believers, um, even to this day, now they won't, <laughs> they won't say what they think it was. Right. You know, they, they still have a hard time saying, yes, that was something paranormal or supernatural <laughs> or whatever. Um, but 
they both admit fully and 100% that something happened and yeah. they can't explain it and they're not even going to try. So, right. Yeah. I mean, I think it being unexplained and you know, you can't find a logical explanation, that's pretty much the definition of paranormal. Right. So, yeah. That's, that's just crazy because. I mean, you were all... I mean, how many of there were you? There were two non-believers, yourself and... Uh, we had... There were six of us. Right. Six and of us. You were all bundled together down below, and uh, which floor was it when the... With the doors? Right. We were on the fourth floor of the doors. Fourth that's floor. The doors... That's the one with all the, the heavy right. steel doors that don't move, you know? Right. Like, you gotta get two people on them, and all of a sudden we're hearing doors slamming left and right and we can't determine where it's coming from but it was on that floor with us right you know? and that's just crazy because you would know <coughs> what those doors sound like there's, right. there's nothing else that's going to make that noise yeah and yeah. everybody's all together so you know it's not one of you no definitely not so one of us that's 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 just pretty that's scary honest i'm surprised nobody bolted out of there yeah i, well, I don't think anybody had any idea <laughs> they didn't want to be by themselves first off right and second uh yeah, it was just kind of one of those, you know, just huddle up and right. get close and try to figure out where this is coming from. But for people that aren't, um, you know, you watch the shows on TV and stuff like that, you know, and they they hear something like that and they go try to figure out what it is and investigate. Right. You know, we're not we're not that brave yet. You <laughs> yeah. know? Um, all we can do is stand in a, in a tight circle and shine our flashlights around. You know? <laughs> It's, it's pretty funny, though. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that was pretty much it. Um, you know, I, I think to actually go on the island, you know, uh, because it is a considered a bird sanctuary, and we didn't mess with anything when we were on there, you know. We didn't right. damage anything. We, we took our, um, the the area around, like, the hospital and the grounds and stuff is pretty flat. Um, used to be cement and stuff like that. It's overgrown now. But uh, at no point where anybody was like, you know, messing with any type of habitat or anything right. like that. But uh, yeah, but I think to visit the island, uh, you do have to get permission to do so. I think uh, I think that the the organization that I was working with there actually reached out to Taps um, at one point to see if they were able to investigate that island. Oh really? Yeah. So taps from uh, the Ghost Hunter show. From the Ghost Hunter show. Okay. Yeah. They the uh, <clears throat> one of the senior senior officials at that organization uh, reached out and submitted a request to taps to have them come investigate, but I don't think that the permission was granted by the state. Oh wow. Um, or whether it was pursued that much, you know, I, I don't right. know how how hard it was pursued or how hard it was pushed. Um, I mean. With a history like that, you know, you would think, yeah, yeah, I mean, that would be a hot, that'd be a hot spot. Yeah, I mean, you have them. They, they estimated what was it? Uh, I'm trying to remember, like just from that General Slocum disaster, I think there was like 700 bodies that washed up on the shore there. You know, on that island itself. Right. So, and then yeah. the 200 people who did survive. I mean. Yeah. Yep. Were they 
did they have to wait for a rescue or how long were they exposed to those other people with typhoid you know yeah that was a thing too because uh, the hospital was still in operation there and there were there were hospital workers that were making like uh, daisy chains out into the water to grab people and bring them onto the island right and stuff. so I don't think they had to wait very long um, there were tugs on scene that, that ended up pulling some people out of the water and removing people from the island right. but I wasn't sure how that would work because the island itself <coughs> is made to quarantine everybody with typhoid. You have yeah. a bunch of new people over there. I wasn't sure if they would let yeah. them back so soon. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, interesting history. You know, interesting history behind it. A lot of New York's that, a lot of New York is that way. It's got some old, old, interesting history behind it. So, Was that the only kind of paranormal encounter you had while you were there? That was the only one I had while I was there. Yeah, there, there's lots of stories of right. other things. Um, and I just mean like in the area as a whole, not just on the island. But. Yeah, yeah. That was that was it um, for, for myself. Right. You know, I heard lots of stories about, you know, there's bars downtown that are supposed to be haunted and stuff like that. Right. <coughs> um, you know, even the place where I worked, um, where I worked was was said to be haunted because uh, the the site where my job was was also a U.S. quarantine site um, for typhoid, and uh, there was always claims that there was a hill where I was working, and uh, a little gazebo on top of the hill that overlooked New York Harbor. And uh, it was said that, I can't remember what day it was, but like one day out of the year, uh, people would see a lady up there. And because she was quarantined and her husband was sent off to fight in the Civil War, I think it was, and his ship departed New York City. Um, and she was waiting for the ship to come back. And uh, I never saw her, you know, but... Other people have claimed that, that they've seen her up there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing this. Really Absolutely. appreciate it. It's a, it's a good story. Yeah. Yeah, it is a good story. Yeah. No, that's one of the the best I've heard. You know. All right. In terms great. Of people I know personally. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, I mean. No, I asked for it. You know, I went on to that. <laughs> I went on to that island, and I. Right. I asked for something to happen, and it did, you know, and it was something that I couldn't explain and uh, didn't expect, to be honest with you, you know, <laughs> maybe a voice here or there, but I mean, just right. uh, from from zero to a hundred and seconds, you know, that kind of took know. me, took me back a little. Especially that, that first moment with the stomp, you know. Yeah. Like yeah. you, you just felt the vibrations. You heard it just right there next to you. Yeah, it was inches away from my feet. It was to the point where my eyes were watering. Oh um, God. When I, I I went back so fast and like and like I just turned around and like my eyes were watering because that's how like I I would say shocked, but like not scared. Right. But it was just like shocked. Just pure like yeah, adrenaline. Like pure adrenaline. You know, to where my like my eyes started to water. Right. And I was just like. Did you all just hear that? You know? <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Well, thanks.
Thanks. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, this was Nick. Do you have anything else you want to say before we go? Any messages or anything? No. No, I don't think so. I've, uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I wish I had more opportunities, you know, to do stuff like that, but maybe one day. Well, you're welcome to come on our ghost hunts if you'd like. Okay. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the EMF Podcast. I hope that you all enjoyed listening to this experience just as much as I did. If you or anyone you know has had any strange experiences with the paranormal and would be interested in sharing or coming onto the podcast, you can reach out to us on our website, booboysparanormalresearch.com, as well as email, Instagram, or any of our other social medias. We absolutely love doing this and speaking with individuals who have experienced something otherworldly or supernatural. I've been your host, Ron King, and this has been episode one of the EMF podcast. Stay safe out there, everyone, and stay spooky.